You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number 46. Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. All right, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk for Real Men. I'm Guy Mullen. And I'm Chris Field. Great to be with you again. It is good to be back, Chris. It seems like just yesterday we were doing another podcast. Well, it's just great to be able to get these things out as we do. I trust our listeners are enjoying them. But today, uh, you want to lead us on a subject that you've found has kind of been in your face for a little while. How did that this subject get to be kind of in your head? Yeah, great question, Chris. Uh, with the coaching that I've been doing, a, a topic that keeps coming up all the time, which is in the, in the background with a lot of people I'm talking with, is this aspect of fear. 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 Fear of? Well, we'll get to get onto that, but often it's if it is fear of it's it's fear of failure, it's fear of the unknown, um, and it's fear of the loss of loss of something. And I'll, I'll touch on those those in a minute. But often there's this this fear which is paralysing people and presenting them, preventing them from doing the things that they want to do. Are you saying these people didn't necessarily know that it was fear until they talked to you? Well, it's a difficult difficult question to 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 answer. Uh, sometimes people realise there's a bit of a fear there, uh, but they don't ex- don't understand the full extent of it and, and to what's what's going on. And, and and when we're caught up with our own thoughts, our own emotions, we can't we can't see the wood for the trees. We can't see the reality of things. And and so you know when there's somebody around who can ask some questions, be a bit of a sounding board, then that whole aspect of fear can start to be unpacked. And and the, for those of you listening, you've got, got teenagers, you'll experience this as well. We've got teenagers coming up. Chris, you have had, your mm-hmm. kids are all grown up. But our teenagers are classics for having fears. Fears that they're not going to be liked. Fears that they don't look good enough. Fears that they're not going to be able to find a job. Fears that they're not going to be able to find a house that they're priced out of the market. There are all sorts of fears that our teenagers deal with. And also as men. We deal with fears. I know as a as an entrepreneur, uh, I deal with fears, and something that I've had to fight a lot over the last few years is recurring feelings of, well, what if, what if, and dealing with the fear, and then the fear leading to procrastination. So, so instead of fear, we could maybe use the words like um, intimidation or or uh, insecurity. Uh, these sort of words. Yeah, I mean, you could use a few different words: insecurity, anxiety. Uh, they're all. Uh, different flavors of the same type of ice cream, if you like. And you think maybe from what you're, you've observed with people, many more people might be carrying a level of fear that they haven't recognised as how is as strong as it is. Yeah, well, I think that um, I think that often we have fear, but we're not prepared to to admit it, and we hold it within ourselves, and it can be a lonely place when we have a fear. Now, um, I mean, the greatest fear that we weren't actually going to talk about this, but the greatest fear that perhaps we all have at some point in our life is the fear of death. And if we're honest about it, the that fear of what happens when we when we take our last breath and when we move over to the other side, or there's a fear of of the actual the process of dying and what that's going to be like. But then what happens to the other side? We all must think about it at some stage in our life. Mm-hmm. So this is now fear of death, but you're talking then just about people who, in ordinary life, are actually kind of, what do you think, maybe withholding themselves, holding themselves back, or, or not achieving what they should because of fears. Yeah, well, look, let's let's 
bring it down. We're talking about it at a high level. Let's try and make it into something that we can deal with in a, in a 30 minute podcast. So uh, let's let's break it down into, into three types of fear. So the f- first one I really want to highlight is just the fear of loss, right? So that's- Losing your job. Losing your job. Fear yeah. of losing your job. Consultants come in and you're fearful of, of your job being lost or there's a restructure and you're fearful of, of losing your job. You could be fearful of losing face. Uh, it could be you know, a teenager who's fearful of standing up in front, from, in front of class and giving a speech. Now, you as someone who's trained people in public speaking, you must have come across people who, who, who are afraid of some sort of loss from public speaking. They wouldn't have put it in those words, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, mm. the feeling that someone's going to laugh at you or that you're going to make a fool of yourself and that, yeah, you, you've, you've lost. Yeah. yeah there's, a, there's a real loss factor that people would fear and yeah. holds them back. You got, we all want to improve our status. Now, I don't really like that word, but it's sort of all encompassing of things like our, our reputation, our the way people perceive us, the way we perceive ourselves, our wealth, our value. You all bundle that together in, in a word of status. We all want to keep moving forward. We will be apprehensive about situations where we perceive a loss of a loss of status. Another area I can see fear of loss coming in. I think a lot of people in relationships are afraid that they'll damage the relationship. They might put up with circumstances they're not happy with. They won't confront them because if they do, they just could escalate the the, the issues and then they might damage the relationship permanently or whatever. There's a fear of loss would probably come in quite a wide range of, of aspects of our life. Yeah, and yes, and so might be that there's a, a tendency to rebel against uh, times of conflict, times of argument, times when you've actually got to stand up and and um, and disagree with somebody. You might rebel against that because of some fears associated with it. But there's also another fear which may be that sort of example highlights, and there's is the fear of the the process of change. Fear of going through change. The fear of going through change in that in that process of the uh, the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. We always like to be where we've been before in our comfort zone, and then if change takes us out of that comfort zone. Yeah, and that's the way that's the way physically our, our body works. Our brains are wired that way. They uh, like to go like to likes to go down paths we've gone down before. Now, what brings to mind is recently we spoke to Luke. Gibbons, mm-hmm. a recent podcast, podcast 43 and 45, where he talked about some of the biological aspects of being addicted in pornography. Obviously, in pornography, there's also this release of uh, of hormones, pleasure hormones, which is going on. But there's also this aspect of a path pathways that are getting built. And then the more they use, then the stronger they get. If you picture walking through the bush, and initially there's no path. You're just bashing your way through the bush. Need some sound effects here. <laughs> bashing your way through the bush. And... And as more and more people move through that trail, that trail becomes stronger and stronger. It becomes a beaten track. Yeah. And, ev- yeah, and eventually it may even become a main highway. Yeah. Right? And But if there's the first few people that go down that track and then nobody goes down and it's going to regrow, it's going to disappear. But once it becomes a highway, then there's no real going back. And it's the picture of kind of the way our brains work. The neurological pathways, is boom, 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 these pulses of, of neurons that our brain fires out. And... And the more we use a pathway, then the easier it is to continue to use that pathway rather than another one. And this can work for us, but it can also work against us. And fear is one area where it can really work against us. So we can get stuck in certain things that are not an offense to our neurological processes. But when we're asked to change, 
that kind of upsets that whole balance that we've been comfortable with and we, we resist that. We fear it. Yeah, and, and I'll speak more about another aspect of this in a minute, but the process of change is one where maybe we've had some bad bad experiences with the process of change or maybe it's just we simply fear, we don't know what is going to happen and we don't like that uncertainty, we fear that uncertainty. Uh, we want to have more control, we want to know what the outcome is, we want to piece we want to be able to piece things together. And that whole that whole thought of I just don't know what's going to happen just throws it this throws us off. So let's say you've got a let's say you've got a teenager who wants to buy a car and the whole process they can't get their head around the process think, oh man, I just know it's going to be bad. I've got to go through all this. It's going to be such hard work, and I just know it's going to be bad. I know it's. I just. I just fear going through it, and it results in procrastination and not making decisions. And you find even in adulthood, then some of the people you work with will have that sort of procrastination factor, which you would label probably fear-based. Oh, it's certain. Certainly, certainly, we. Um, I mean, it can be personality. Personality. Mm-hmm. Specific, so some people are not going to be so concerned, a bit more fly seat of the pants, and yeah. don't mind the flexibility. But others, uh, certainly, we can we can have this fear of what is unknown to us. I, I'm just picking up, though. I would say that fear of, of change is actually linked a little bit to fear of loss, because with the change, mm-hmm. you actually lose what was there before. So it's kind of a double whammy. Well, that certainly they it can be aspects of of both of them, and also the third one, and the third one is just the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And this is one actually that comes up a lot when I'm coaching with men, and one that I've fought with myself as well. And the fear of failure is just this fear of setting a mark, but just the what happens if you fail to hit it. Mm-hmm. And this can be this can be something which can be very difficult to battle. And it can really result in a lot of procrastination and a lot of half-hearted effort at whatever it is we're going to go and do. And the rationale often is that, look, if I don't give 100%, if I give 80% to this and it doesn't come off, well, you know, I can tell myself, well, maybe I would have got it if I went the whole, you give yourself an out, you give yourself an excuse. Uh, I wasn't fully committed. It's not all my own failure. And you give yourself some excuses to be able to deal with the sense of failure that will come from it. So this fear of of failure can stop us from taking on the tasks that we we know we need to do in order to hit the mark. And so really that's very much linked to our self-image, isn't it? We don't want to have further reason to think less of ourselves. And we can imagine ourselves as a hero but if we're put to the test, we may prove that we're not. And so, yeah, let's not try that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that could well be a fear of going through a hard process. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fear of the hard work, fear that we're not going to be able to cut it, that we haven't got what it takes, that we're going to put all this effort in, we're going to put this time and effort and resources into it, and then we're going to miss the mark and we're going to be worse off than we were before. I would imagine that part of this is, I'm going to say, cultural, sociological in a context where we are working in a team with a bunch of people that are helping us through the process and the stakes aren't so high, they're setting for us a path that's reasonable, like for a student in school being taught maths incrementally over a period of years. Hmm. Now, there's really the challenge or the dire consequences of the challenge are kind of minimized because of that context. When we're a loan operator or when, when, when we're out on our own trying to start a business or trying to break some sort of ice, 
that then becomes a bit of a different deal then because it's all on us. We don't have that support team. I think of the scripture in the Bible that talks about encouraging one another. And I mm. think probably for people that struggle with these things, just having people around you who, who will be there to kind of carry you through the process must be very helpful, must be very valuable. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and it's one of the hard things about that people find being an entrepreneur, starting a new business in those early stages is that you're all you're all on your own, but eventually you've got to you've got to bring people around you. You have to get some form of encouragement. You have to get some form of of help. Even the staunchest, toughest personalities, at some point, will need will need the help of others, um, even if they perhaps will refuse to refuse to admit it. So yeah, we know we're not meant to be to be lone soldiers. We've Robinson talked about Crusoe. this before, mm. haven't we? That yeah. uh, you know we need to be. To be to be working with others, so there's there's a caveat I want to bring in here with regard to fear, before we sort of go on, and that is that we've got to be careful we don't give fear too much airtime as well. Mm-hmm. No, you you brought up the subject. I brought up the <laughs> subject. So <laughs> don't look we, at me. <laughs> yeah, I mean we have to acknowledge it, we have to bring it up, and we have to deal with it. It's not minimising it, but we also don't want to give it too much airtime as well, and have it something that we're constantly thinking about. Because it's a defeatable foe. Well, it is a defeatable foe, but we're also thinking about those, thinking about those pathways. And if we're just sitting and stewing and thinking about our uh-huh. fears, we will tend to cement those and will make it harder for us to be able to, to get out of them. And you know, I think you and I and most of the listeners will agree that there's far more low-level fear and anxiety in the world today than perhaps what there was in our father's generation or grandfather's generation for those younger ones who are listening. You know, I was reading, I was reading online actually about the upcoming, about the US midterm elections. And they said that there was some millennials are not going to vote because they've got this anxiety about posting mail. What? It gives Mm. them anxiety, putting letter, filling in a form, putting an envelope and, Mm. you know, so we've got, I don't know whether that's true or not, but you know, in our grandfather's day, you know, a fear, a real anxiety and fear was having a Mr. Smith up your tail, mm-hmm. right? Or for maybe some of our listeners who are who are Vietnam or Korean War or um, or Desert Storm type veterans, you know, a real fear was sitting in a in a in a trench or a, um, a dugout, a hellhole, and and having mortar rounds blasting around you. Mm-hmm. Real fears, and so. We've got to just be careful that we don't overplay the whole aspect of fear. But nonetheless, we do need to help people that are recognizing fear have some sense of direction. And I trust you do have some sense of direction for us, having brought up the subject, Kai. Where do we go if we recognize we've got fears we've got to deal with? Yeah, well, I've got to make things get a little bit worse before they get better. <laughs> so. So, I mean, we've talked about fears, but we haven't explicitly talked about the consequences if we don't do anything about some of these fears. Okay, go we've, ahead, ruin my day. We've, we've mentioned it a little bit about procrastination, but the first thing is that for those of you who are wanting to achieve things, who are wanting to achieve goals, who are wanting to, you've got dreams in your head, got visions of things you want to achieve, those will stay in your head if you allow yourself to be stopped by, stopped by fear, and those ideas will die die in your mind they won't happen so fear can rob people of their future their potential the very life that they're longing to have it can rob you of your life purpose Mm -hmm. it can rob you of the the very things that that 
God has created you to do if you allow that fear to to rule your life instead of allowing um, you know uh, allowing faith hope and love for for want of um, a better explanation to uh, to rule your life mm-hmm. so we recognize then that fear will cause us to balk at things we should do it will cause us to procrastinate lock up um, it will rob us of our future of the things that we could and should be doing at the same time we recognize that not all fears are warranted maybe they're just fears that have been kind of raised in our head because they're the current set of cultural fears and in the real terms there's probably not they're not really they don't deserve as much respect as we give them compared to mm. real fears for mm. our life under mm. under fire for instance um, but still, we do need to be able to have a process for stepping on those fears or pushing them aside. Yeah. And from what I hear you say, most people with fears have unconsciously developed a pattern of thinking, neurological pathways. Yes. And if we continue to to go down a pathway of fear and not confront that fear, then we'll continue to remain in that, remain in that safe place. And so typically what happens... And understandably, what happens when you've got a fear, you avoid that situation that brings you that brings you that fear. There's the fear of, and then there's the fear of fear. So I don't know whether, I don't know what you're afraid of, but someone close to me is afraid of snakes. Mm-hmm. And um, this and person, this, this is being recorded in Australia. This where person, there's some pretty deadly snakes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not not a good place to be if you're afraid of snakes. But um, and this person, if we went to the zoo. This person would not go into the reptile enclosure. Okay. Even though they're behind glass and there's no way that they could actually hurt them. Exactly. So there's no, and and this person is quite happy for the children to go in. So this person realizes there's no actual danger, Mm -hmm. right? So what is this person afraid of? So then it's a frame of mind. It's actually, there is a, a, there's something that's been beaten as a track in their mind that they need to basically cut another track through the bush. Through the jungle. Yeah, I mean, it's not the end of the world if you're afraid of spiders or snakes or or grasshoppers or whatever it is. But but what you recognise there is they're not actually afraid of the danger. They're afraid of the fear. Right. They're afraid of the feelings, the emotions that they will have when they're placed in that situation. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to put themselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. And that's it's not such a big deal if it's, if it's snakes, but if that is getting up on stage and talking to people... So you're asked to do a presentation for work, or if that is... In my teenage years, there was a couple in our church, young couple got married, and I heard my parents one day talking, and of course, as teenage, young teenage kids, you overhear a lot of things you probably shouldn't hear, but I overheard them talking about the fact the wife was desperately afraid of the pain of childbirth, mm. and so she refused to have a family, and that grieved her husband deeply, mm. but it was just sheer fear on her part. She was terrified of mm. the pain of giving birth to a child. Well, and that's and that's a that's a very sad but very topical example there. That um, what loss has happened because of that fear. Mm. Uh, All their potential as a family was completely shut down because of, of this thing in her head about how horrible it would be to and yet all her, her, her female friends all the other married women around in the church were having babies and they could survive it it wasn't and i completely understand why a woman would be afraid of, of afraid of childbirth um it uh having watched it a few times it looks horrible and and our wives are amazing to, be, to go through it so i completely understand that i'd be afraid of it too but that's just sad that outcome 
that that fear mm-hmm. has allowed her to stop her from having perhaps the joy of having children. What do you or what would you recommend to the people that you've been dealing with where you've recognised fear? What is the first steps for someone to take to move out of that pattern that they've... Well, well, the precursor to that is to recognise where our fears come from. And if we can identify where our fears come from, that can help us. Because typically our fears come from the stories that have built up some stage in our life. So that woman, maybe she, maybe it was a Maybe that was her mother or a grandparent or aunt. I don't know what it was, but maybe there was a story somewhere else in her life. Yeah, or a movie that she saw or something. Maybe. Like maybe she heard of somebody dying in childbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But it may not be that, that's, that particular story. It may be some other, maybe some physical pain. She was really hurt physically at some stage. And so that aspect of physical pain, she just doesn't want to go through it. So it may not be the same experience, but... Fears typically come from some stories which have been built up at some stage in our life. And we don't often know that they're there. We wouldn't necessarily consciously identify the story that, that brings us to our particular set of fears. No, not always. And it doesn't always need to be identified either in terms of moving forward, but it's recognising that, look, these fears, why is it that one person can hold a snake and another person runs a mile? Mm-hmm. Um, or one person can have spiders climbing up their arm and, and I would run a mile. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, you should have seen the dance I did when I had a uh, when I had a huntsman running up my arm. But anyway, you know, I know the thing's not going to hurt me, but I need to practice what I preach and go and stick myself <laughs> in a tank full of huntsmen, don't I? But the, but at some stage in your life, there's been some sort of story which is which has generated this fear, and the way then to unpack that is to replace that story with new stories that uh, that sort of replace the old. Mm-hmm. In other words, stop going down the same old beaten track and cut another one. We have to we have to stop avoiding. Mm-hmm. And just before I get to that, there's one other consequence which makes things get even worse. So it's let's say you're afraid of um, going in an elevator. Initially, you might be afraid of going in an elevator, and then what might and then you don't address it. Then what might then happen is you're afraid of going in any buildings which have an elevator. Okay. And then you might be afraid of going in any 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 tall buildings maybe then it moves on to escalators our fears generalize so fears have a mushrooming effect kind of thing yeah they can have a mushrooming effect they they generalize they they get broader if we continue to avoid avoid our fears and we so need to, we need to put a stop to it somewhere we need to put a stop to it somewhere otherwise it's going to leave us trapped it's going to leave us enslaved in some aspect in our life now we might be able to put up with being with that in some area of your life but in others the point here is this, this is stopping you achieving something important in your life, like growing your business or restoring a relationship with your, with your growing up kids. If you just keep avoiding those situations, then it will not improve by itself. Mm-hmm. No, you won't, have that, you won't have that fear, but the fear will grow until you're more fearful of other things because you haven't learned to, um, you haven't learned to lance it. You haven't learned to remove, going, stop going down those bad neurological pathways and start building good ones. Mm-hmm. So it's serious. You've convinced me. Yeah. Now get back to the solution. Well, I, I am. And there's, there's one other concept there, which is an important one. It's the concept of habituation. Right. So I just want to read the formal definition for this so I get it right. So habituation refers to the fact that the nervous system arousal decreases on repeated exposure to the same stimulus. Okay. So in layman's terms, that means that familiar things get boring. 
Mm-hmm. So those of you who've got kids will know that, you know, you buy them a toy, it's great for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, and then it gets boring, and they want a new one, right? So that's all fine for that, but that concept can actually be used to help deal with, deal and remove fear. What the concept that we use to then say, okay, we'll deal with this fear, we actually have to have some exposure to it to, re- to reduce the stimulus. Not necessarily at its fullest extent. Not necessarily at its fullest extent. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so Chris, what would you do if you came across somebody who was afraid of doing a speech? Ah, well, I would probably um, sit with them privately and talk and encourage them and get them to work up something that they could say. Mm-hmm. And then I would probably get them sitting down to give me a one-sentence announcement of some sort. Mm -hmm. And then I might get them to stand up and give it to me again and then progressively move them out of their comfort zone to the idea that they could stand in front of five people and give a a, a one-minute thing and then Mm -hmm. maybe move them on from there to a five and so on. So that, yeah. Start with five friends and then move it to... It would be progressive, yeah. Yeah. And and you would hope that as they sort of recognise that, hey, that works, that works, that becomes a platform for them moving to the the next challenge and then getting to the point where they, they've actually been successful. And then with success comes confidence. Yeah, exactly. And it seems obvious. And the reason this works is because of habituation. Because the more that we do something, we become more comfortable with it. It becomes more normal. It becomes, it can be, you know, if you're up on stage all the time, it can become outright boring. Versus the first time they did it where adrenaline was rushing, the heart was pumping, palms were sweaty. And so this is the process that is most effective, generally, to um, to deal with our deal with our fears. So once you've identified what the fear is, you would try and find some really tiny baby step to take that might be one step toward at least stopping hmm. the fear, confronting it, not letting it going any further, or maybe the tiniest little step toward overcoming it. You'd, you'd create a journey. Yeah, yeah. So you're creating new stories. So you're creating new exposures which don't result in those worst outcomes that you fear. And then and over time, and even so the small enough steps that they don't actually result in very much fear at all, and you progressively become comfortable with those, and then you just keep moving. You just keep moving. And so not only are you, are you seeing, okay, well, this isn't actually as bad as what I thought. Okay, this hasn't resulted in this bad outcome that I thought. I actually haven't lost anything. And in fact, I've gained something. Okay, this process of change actually is not as bad as what I thought. I kind of understand it. It's given me an opportunity to get stronger. And that fear of failure is instead is, re- is replaced with a, with a feeling of achievement. Let me go back to some academic work I did years ago on some beginner reading, working with a, um, a, a person who was an expert in the field, part of my own preparation. And uh, we worked with with young children, usually boys, uh, late primary school, who were were lagging and they hadn't succeeded with reading and so on. And I love what the the, um, academic supervisor kept pointing out to us, that you would teach a child a skill, then you would get them to uh, answer a question about that skill. And you know, the average classroom, the teacher puts something up on the board and says, who's got the answer? Well, you can tell all the confident kids because their hands go up. And you can see other kids in the classroom who drop their eyes saying, I hope she doesn't ask me, right? And so there's that fear of failure you're talking about. Uh, but anyway, the idea was to get them to the point where they could have success. And I love the, the little saying, that's success, which brings security. And then on top of the security comes confidence. And that kid that puts their hand up with the answer is feeling really secure. 
because they've been successful. Mm. So create a step small enough for someone to have success, yeah. which brings a sense of security on which they can then base their confidence. And then on top of the confidence comes mastery. As yeah. you practice it confidently, then you become a master of it. You're then able to teach others and you look back and you think, wow, how did I get here? The other thing that I think I'd like to point out here, sometimes you can have a situation that's fearful, like standing up in front of a large crowd of people, because things could go wrong. You could make an idiot of yourself. Mm. But to know that you've done it well enough and you're prepared well enough, that despite the fear, you can still confront that fear. You can still walk out on stage. You can still do the thing that's difficult. Uh, you know it's a risk. I'm sure every soldier that packs a gun and leaps up out of a trench and runs forward knows they could be shot. So it's not that there isn't a risk or a fear mm. there, mm. but they also know that they know what to do. And that gives them the confidence the, to be able to charge into what is a, a pretty challenging environment. Yeah, well, certainly if you're someone who gains confidence through having the skill and having proper preparation, then that will help to 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 allay those fears. I certainly found that in the corporate world, um, I really don't like getting up and doing spontaneous speeches, but if I'm well prepared, PowerPoint presentation, I know exactly what I'm going to say. I know what the I know the content very well. I can answer all the questions. Then I'll get up there with no fear and be very confident. So, but and so for me, the only difference really there is preparation. How mm-hmm. well you know the subject matter. Mm. Okay, we're running out of time. So mm. just just make sure you've you've answered this question. What are your prescriptions? Okay. Solve our problems. Come on. <laughs> Look, the, the the crux of it is that you need to stop avoiding fear. If this is if this is a fear which is not the sort of danger fear that we've talked about, so let's make sure we're talking about the right sort of fear. But if there's a fear of getting up on stage or fear which is making you procrastinate to stop doing the things you want to do to maybe leave your job and start a business or go for that promotion or whatever it is, if there's some fear there that you need to stop avoiding it and you need to work on a plan for how you're going to confront this fear. Now, you may be somebody who just wants to dive in, but probably if you've got this fear and you're procrastinating about it for a period of time, probably probably that's not the best idea. Maybe it's working out a plan which is stepwise increments to help you to build confidence, build the skills so that it becomes almost impossible for you to fail because you've done enough preparation. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the key really is you need to confront that fear. And there are a lot of different ways of doing that. So I'm not going to sit here and tell tell you what's the best way to do, do that. Uh, I mean, even sometimes you don't need to put yourself actually in the situation. You can sit there with a friend and you can sit there with your eyes shut and you can imagine yourself being in being in that environment. And initially, maybe that you're feeling really tense, but then maybe you start to take the heat out of that picture. You start to picture yourself doing a good job. Maybe you start to reduce the colors a little bit. You can smell the smells and hear the sounds and people starting to cheer. And so, you know, there are a lot of different ways of doing that little bit of stepwise increments to get your confidence level and reducing that anxiety and that that fear of that fear. So, but but that's the key is you've got to confront it. And you could well. I like this thought. You could actually rehearse in your imagination. Just actually take yourself through the process. I remember when I was a boy at high school and I had to speak in some uh, uh, statewide competitions. I'd won my way through to a national finals, and. Uh, before I even got to the building, which I didn't know what it was going to look like, I imagined myself standing on the side of the stage behind the curtain. 
I imagined hearing my name being called from someone standing at the podium, and I knew I had to walk out in front of that huge crowd of people while they were applauding, and I had to shake hands with the man who introduced me and then stand at the podium with my notes on there. And, and so in my head, mm. I actually, closed, the night before, I had lay in bed with my eyes closed and rehearsed that mm. point. Would I step out with my left foot or with my right foot? I even mm. went down to that sort of detail. Mm. And when it came to the night, uh, which was the following night, uh, in front of the crowd of people, I got to the podium with great confidence. <laughs> that was the one part I'd rehearsed in my head a thousand times. And then I think I delivered a pretty good speech. Mm. But it was that sense that I actually did my rehearsing in my head. They talk about other people that have that have been able to kind of work things through by just uh, feeling like they've actually been there because they, they thought their way through. What would it be like to sit at the table with an estranged uh, teenage son sitting opposite you? And how are you going to break the, the, the ice? And what's the first thing you're going to say? And mm. how are you going to handle his antagonism? And, mm. and just rehearse that in mm. your head. Uh, there's no risk there because he's not there and you're not there. And nothing's going to be said that you'll regret. You can actually just begin to address that whole process as a first little baby step toward working out how you're going to deal with the bigger problem as you get closer to it. So that does two things. It gives you the confidence and confidence and also gives you gives you the skills yep i've been there and done that or at least right. i feel like i've been there and done that mm-hmm. yeah and i've done i've done this with clients say a client has got an important got something important they want to ask their boss about they're really nervous about doing it maybe even fearful of doing it and we'll sit there and we'll talk about the situation what's the best way to do it uh what's the best time what are the things to look forward to when you should go in there so there's the preparation side of things but then there's also actually rehearsing it together and getting what he wants to say, he or she wants to say succinct, to the point, confidently. So almost role-playing it, you're yeah, talking about? Exactly, yeah, exactly, doing okay. role-plays. You can do that too. So there are a lot of different ways of confronting it. Most of us are actually quite visual. About 80% out of the population has a largely visual representation system in the way that we, way that we work. And so that whole task of that whole idea of sitting and closing our eyes and picturing ourselves in the situation and manipulating what is going on it sounds a bit weird but that can really help us to gain confidence and what what it does do it picks up that very first point you've been repeating several times actually confront the thing actually Mm -hmm. take some kind of proactive steps and i think that's probably the bottom line guys if you're dealing and recognizing you've got fear then and hear what guys encouraging you to do. Actually, don't let that fear continue to hold you in its sway. And I'll just reiterate, three three benefits. So you're wondering, well, what's the point of doing this? Well, three three benefits to go away with. The first is that confronting your fear and actually overcoming it, the sense of power and accomplishment that you get from that it can be quite overwhelming. I don't know whether you, any of you have done something which is appears to be high risk, like a high wires or jumping off a or abseiling, or parachuting, or bungee jumping, or one of these types of things. But the sense of accomplishment you get at the end of that can really then propel you on, right, to do the next thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I'm not telling you to go and jump off a, a bridge or something with a bungee jump. Everybody's it, it doesn't matter what guys the, bungee jumping it doesn't, program. It doesn't matter what the fear is. When you are able to master and, mm-hmm. and get past that fear, that sense of accomplishment and power is amazing. But And the converse is true as well. If you give in to the fear... Then the power, then the fear gains, gains strength, and you lose yeah. strength. Yeah. So, secondly, on a behavioural level, uh, confronting your fear repeatedly repeatedly helps to gain uh, skills and mastery. I mean, we talked mm-hmm. about that: that confidence, and that's, then yeah, practice, that's success, then that's mastery. Security, that's confidence. Yeah. And mastery decreases the, the chance of failure, 
and therefore the need to to worry about mm-hmm. worry about it next time. And of course, if you become experienced with beating one fear, then that will give you some confidence that you can then beat another and another. Mm-hmm. And anything that comes up at you, anything that life throws at you, you know, okay, well, this might be hard, but I've beaten fear before I can do it again. And on an emotional level, and as we said before, you know, like the example of going into the reptile enclosure, it's often not actually the danger. It's actually the fear of fear itself, the fear of those emotions that are going to come up, which can really hamstring us. And really, you know, the scripture tells us to renew our minds. Really, that's all it is. The thought, the, the, those thoughts, which then result in emotions and physical changes in our body, which we don't like the beating heart, the clammy hands, those things can be overcome simply by renewing our thought processes, renewing the way we're thinking about that situation. We can beat the fear. Wow. Guy, thank you for that. I, When you said you wanted to talk about fear, I hadn't realized we were going to get to this, but I think you're, this has been you're really afraid helpful. Of what we were I, was afraid, I was afraid of what you were going to say. <laughs> no, I think that's been very helpful. Guys, I hope you've appreciated that. And so, and Guy, thank you for sharing all those thoughts with us. Okay, guys. So you'll be able to pick up the show notes over on realmen247.org. As always, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends about um, our podcast because uh, we think we've putting out some stuff which is helpful to uh, to you if you got some friends who might find it helpful then pass it on we'd love for you just to subscribe and we would love to for you to join us next time yep so we'll see you then guys okay bye-bye thanks for listening to the real talk for real men podcast at www.realmen247.org